Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Mac Rumor Show. And the reason why I'm sad is because we've had a we've had a death in the family, the Apple family. And uh, it's not a human, but a project. And you probably already know what that is. And that is the Apple car has officially been killed off. I'm still on vacation mode. Um, I have just come back and I have no idea what's going on. But I did find out that Apple has officially killed the Apple car. And so uh, I lost my bet, which I'm more sad about. <laughs> I'm very sad about this fact. And um, now we have to have a sad episode about the the car that never was. Um, Hartley, how are you doing today? Are you sad? You said you don't know how to feel. I, I've got mixed feelings. Um, okay. I'm not sure whether this is such a bad thing because this just seemed to be getting like a, a weight around Apple's neck. They just could not get this thing to work. So... On the one hand, I'm kind of pleased that I don't need to spend the next seven yeah, years just endlessly discussing will this or won't this happen and the next crisis with it, the next lead change of leadership or the next scandal with it. And of course, a whole bunch of patents that we speculate, oh, you know, the Vision Pro is going to integrate with the Apple car. Um, so I'm kind of glad that's over. But at the same time, I don't know, I was kind of hoping to own an Apple car one day. Yeah, I I think I was stressed out thinking about like, all right, how am I going to figure out a way to afford a hundred thousand dollar car? Like, I just I don't want to have to worry about that. I don't I don't I don't know. I'm not actually sad. I mean, like, would I have loved to have seen an Apple car eventually come out down the road and then you know get like cheaper, hopefully, and become part of the already invested eco? But like, I don't know. That's just too many things with one company. You know, we need some spice. We need some variation, and a car. It's just like there are plenty of other good cars out there, and Apple makes really good software. Focus on that. The cars that come out have terrible software for the most part. It's getting better. Like car manufacturers are getting a lot better at making, um, you know, software, but it's still very bad. <laughs> like it's still just a bad experience. So much so that now they're like, all right, well, we're gonna make software, but it's gonna be based off of Google's operating system, or we're just gonna offer a really bad experience but make our car play better and like that's fine apple has plenty of of pathways into the automotive industry i just don't know that i even wanted like okay so let's break down why it why it um have failed and one of them is one of the reasons why is that apple basically wanted a full self-driving vehicle and that's just i just we're not there yet and uh i don't know that i ever want to be there like yeah i want some assistance when i don't want to be like actively paying attention for really long you know road trips but like day-to-day -day driving and making a bunch of turns and stuff i still want to be able to do all that i don't know about you but i still want to be able to do all of that what do you think i completely agree and i think that the whole discussion around full self-driving is just starting to feel a little bit outdated um i feel like ah, elon musk was promising us full self-driving seven years ago um, yeah. and the hype around it was that this was right around the corner. And it wasn't just Tesla. Other companies were talking about how full self-driving is right around the corner. And now it really doesn't seem to be. It sort of feels as far away as it's ever as it's ever felt. And I know that you can get robo-taxis in, in some jurisdictions around the world. I'm talking about actual full self-driving that will work on any streets regardless of its width regardless of parked cars in different jurisdictions i don't just mean like 
in one suburb of California, you can have a full yeah. self-driving car. I mean, around the world, genuine self-driving. And I just don't know if we're going to get that for a seriously long period of time, uh, decades, because the artificial intelligence behind that would have to be so um, advanced. And even just in terms of just the logistics of it, think of things like insurance. What insurance right. companies even want to take that on and how much more are they going to charge you for you to have that functionality enabled. Um, so I think that's where things get messy. And I think that's probably why things have sort of deviated from where Apple originally anticipated. Apple perhaps thought this was easier than it actually has turned out to be. Um, but of course, the other major problem is just supply chain. Um, and the actual difficulty of developing a car single-handedly. It's very different to manufacturing a device, you know, as small as an iPhone or an Apple Watch with these partners that they've been working with for 10 or 20 years. That's why we heard so many rumors about, are they going to work with Volkswagen or are they going to work with uh, Kia or uh, a range of other small automakers yeah. um, instead um, to just have access to these factories and these supply chains because Apple is not in the business of manufacturing brakes and suspension systems and a whole the whole load of additional requirements that come with building something that isn't just so complicated but also so physically large what does this mean for companies like tesla i guess they're still going to be able to sell i mean listen i like my model 3 it's a very good car it is the best electric car you can get for the money and it's only getting better the new Model 3 looks amazing. Uh, the Model Y is a good value. X and S, you know, those are higher-end cars. Even those are pretty good value for what it is. And I think other companies need to just directly do what they're doing uh, and just rip it off and do that. That's fine with me. Um, and I just, but I don't want Apple to be another Tesla. And that's basically where they were ending up, right? It was either like, okay, if we can't do full self-driving, we're basically going to be making a Tesla equivalent. And like, that just seems kind of beneath Apple at this point, right? Yeah. And if they wanted to offer effectively just a Tesla at a $100,000 price point, um, their margins on that would be really slim. And yeah. it, there would be a lot of fierce competition from well-established companies like Porsche and obviously Tesla. Um, that are competing at that price point, um, not to mention all of these new vehicles from China. So where's Apple, what's the point of Apple doing that? If they are effectively offering the same sort of car, the, the advantage would be ecosystem. But what about next-gen CarPlay? If I can, in my BMW in two or three years' time, have next-gen CarPlay with CarPlay across all of the displays, I can have my widgets, um, by then, I'm obviously going to have uh, a next generation version of Siri with um, generative AI built in, so it will be way better for using in a car. And even other uh, car manufacturers like Porsche have an app that, that functions to um, uh, control different aspects of the car within CarPlay. So you can control things like the climate control from within CarPlay, which is a really nice solution. So you've got all of these other things. What is Apple really going to be able to do differently? on that first generation Apple car, very, right. very little. And I think that is the conclusion that they've reached is they started with their ambition so high and they have slowly come down and down and down and down and down. And that's why a couple of months ago, we were talking about how, okay, well, 
it is now going to have a steering wheel and pedals and it's not going to have these sort of bench like seats it's going to have normal seats in a normal configuration so what is what is apple reinventing with this exactly you can't say that it's like spatial computing where instead of ar vr it's spatial computing you can't tell me this is spatial driving or some other kind of experience because you're effectively selling the ability to get from a to b in the exact same way that i could in a tesla except maybe with nicer seats and yeah, with I, mean, I, I don't know some dedicated action button on the steering wheel that i can integrate <laughs> with my other devices like i don't know but you're like that you're, you're pushing it you're pushing it in terms of what what apple can seriously offer the really differs from what's already on the market it's just not worth it for them i mean the the amount of work that they would have to go to to just get the service infrastructure set up for yeah. something like that dealerships repairs what do you do if you 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 scratch it and you need more paint you can't go to your your apple store to do that how is any of that stuff going to work that's taken tesla so long to try and get a, a system of dealerships up and running and even then it's not as good as a as a legacy automaker no, they're not even real you dealerships. Can. You no. can't actually you can't actually buy a car there. You just go there to check it out and test drive, and then you have to go home and buy it online. Or I mean, you could do it there, but it's you. You can't. I mean, you could do the same thing at home. Uh, you don't have to go there to buy one. In fact, when I bought mine, I did mine over the phone. I just called and asked what they had um, because I bought something that they already had on site. Um, and then the second one I did, I just literally ordered it online through the phone app. So it's just like, what? like you know, and that's that's honestly awesome. But like, there is no, um, you know, there's no haggling per se. There's no like, get, get, whether actually getting a good deal from a legacy, you know, dealership and going in there and, and, and nav, you know, navigating the prices and setting what you want to buy. There's, there really is none of that from Tesla. You, you get a price and that is it. So maybe you would we would rather do that somewhere else where you think like okay i don't want to pay this price what better can they do for me and they might be able to do something um and so you can't do that so like whether or not you like that experience is up to you i personally just i like the idea of getting a better deal but i also like the idea of just being able to go online and buy, and buy that car uh and not have to worry about doing anything else it is the fastest i've ever gotten a car and gotten it from the dealership lot and just driven off it takes as long as you want it to be because they give you like a checkout so i'd be curious to see like what apple would do with that whole process like when you get the car where do you go pick it up like you said are you getting it at an apple store are you getting it from you know dealer like are they doing like ghost kitchen style dealerships where they're renting a dealership and basically making like like the apple section of a ford i don't know like you know, the more we think about it, the more I'm like, man, that bet of mine was really stupid and that like, oh, Apple was going to make a car, but there was so much other stuff that they have to do besides make the car that I didn't even really think about it. I'm like, yeah, they'll figure it out. It'll be fine. I well, think they the only way that it would have worked is if it would have not as such worked like Tesla, because I think that Tesla's model would not have been compatible with Apple. I think the ordering... Uh, procedure that that you outlined there would have worked with apple that you just you get a sure. price, oh, yeah, you, you could, order it online yeah that would translate to apple what to sure. me doesn't translate is like just going to like an empty parking lot with just like a row of apple cars and that one's yours off you go there's no customer service there's no there's not really support from the point when you've bought the vehicle um and i think that how is apple care going to work with that 
it's that side of it that I think is the concern because you would need that vehicle to be serviced. You would have to allow for repairs. um, And that all takes a lot of infrastructure. So the actual company that I think would have been a better model would have been something like Polestar because Polestar is effectively part of Volvo. So you can go to a Volvo dealership and it operates through Volvo. Now, that's a little bit different because Polestar is part of Volvo effectively or it's effectively part of Volvo. I don't think it actually is literally part of Volvo anymore. It's kind of been split off. It used to be their performance brand, but now it's this uh, sort of performance EV brand, its own thing, but it's still heavily associated with Volvos. They look kind of like Volvos. Um, Yeah. I think the only way that it would have worked for Apple would be to team up with um, a brand that basically was not a direct competitor, so not a premium car brand, maybe something like Volkswagen or Kia, and said, let us have a little section of your your dealership. Let us use your service infrastructure. Um, and that is how you facilitate test drives and a purchasing process. And then you have, in the same way that when you go to like a department store, they maybe have like a little Apple store section in that department store. Um, have a little Apple section in your Volkswagen dealership um, where you've yeah. got your Apple car geniuses um, but because they couldn't iron out those negotiations, because n- no car maker thought, yeah, we'll just hand over sales to you. We want people to buy Apple cars instead of Kias and Volkswagens. Um, that was never going to happen. And all of those negotiations just fell flat because these other automakers were worried about Apple. They thought that, look at how Apple fundamentally changed um, uh, the, the cell phone market. What if, what if we're like that? Why do we want to allow this new competitor to just come in here and take our customers? We've already allowed them into our our cars with CarPlay. We've already given customers that little bit of a hook. Why would we allow Apple to just take our customers outright? So I think that would it would only have worked if Apple would have really been at the absolute most premium end and if another automaker had been comfortable with them kind of poaching those sales as the highest end option that they would be associated with. And then also Apple could take some of their manufacturing capacity as well and how the cars are shipped around the world. And it would they, they needed some kind of partner um, in, in the way that they just don't for something like Vision Pro. Now, it was supposed to be Hyundai, right? Hyundai, however you want to pronounce it, right? That was the partner, which is effectively um, Kia. It looked... The, the reason why that one sticks in the memory is because uh, Hyundai said that they were talking to Apple and they were not supposed uh-huh. to have said that. So okay. a Hyundai executive or a spokesperson said, yes, we just had very productive negotiations with Apple about about their car project. Uh, and then they quickly had to redact that. <laughs> um, so that's why that one Best sticks way. in the memory. But it looks like they spoke to um, loads of car brands it probably would be easier to list the ones they didn't talk to than the ones they did. Um, Hmm. They really did negotiate with a lot of them. And it looks like none of them were interested. Because why would you hand over a segment of the market? Um, And Apple obviously was not making that sufficiently appealing, or maybe maybe it wasn't far developed enough. um, I don't know. These automakers. The more I think about this, like, how does a company like Rivian survive? I mean, they're not I don't know how well they're doing like Rivian and Lucid. Let's just pull those two out. You know, those are companies that are just startups that made their own cars. And then with Rivian's example, I mean, didn't they get like a large chunk of support from Amazon? So, you know, they needed that money, but like Apple doesn't need money. So how 
why couldn't they just do what Rivian did and just and Lucid and get like a couple of different shops throughout the country, uh, make it that premium experience, get a bunch of influencers to talk about it. And then eventually in your next couple releases, then you move on down to like Apple Car SE where it's a little more affordable for everybody. And it's not like you need brand awareness. Um, you know, I said, get some influencers to talk about it. That's just to get the, like what they did with Vision Pro, get people hyped up about what the future could be, not necessarily this product. I feel like Apple could have figured it out. It's just in terms of like getting the car out, it's the, it's everything else, making it the car and, you know, all that stuff that I, I don't know how they could do it to scale, but without partnering for somebody. Um, I think that's probably what they ultimately concluded when all of these negotiations fell through. I think that's probably how they imagined things taking place, that they would have their own uh, dealership style service centers. Um, and they really did imagine doing everything in-house because by then they could see these other brands like Rivian and um, uh, what was the other one you said? Lucid. Come on, Lucid, our boy. Lucid, Lucid, Rivian and Lucid. Uh, we have Mike so, Bell. Shout out Mike yeah. Bell. Uh, it was just it was just on the tip of my tongue. Uh, yeah. So they looked at those um, they looked at those brands and they probably thought we can do that. The issue is then back to the car itself because what if the car itself is not doing anything different to Lucid? What if it's not doing anything different to these other brands? It's just doing that, but with an Apple logo, and that isn't really enough because even with something like the AirPods know. Max, the AirPods Max are ostensibly they're a lot more expensive than. A, a competing uh, set of headphones from Sony or Bose, but they can still offer that instant pairing and they can still offer um, uh, sort of integration with spatial audio way before competing headphones were offering it. Um, and it kind of is a bit painful to say it now. It's a little bit out of place now, but put your 2020 head on and it has the lightning connector. So if you've got a bunch of other lightning connectors around, that's also super convenient with AirPods yeah. Max. That that was a different value proposition. So the AirPods Max kind of were able to justify themselves just about what could I, I, an, a, a Tesla with an Apple badge do? What, what does that, what does that achieve? Honestly, I don't know how feasible this is, but in my mind, the thing that made the most sense and what still makes the most sense is that there's zero reason in my brain why Apple couldn't have just purchased Rivian and or Lucid and just why wouldn't they have acquired a very, you know, on the map, look at these cars, these look like good cars, startups at any point over the last 10 years or however long they've been working on this for. Why wouldn't they have just done that? And where they're like, okay, like, let's just take Lucid because I feel like Lucid's more of Apple style, although Rivian is very nice. You know, the whole thing, we've been talking Apple car, not Apple SUV, not Apple truck. So, you know, in my mind, the whole time I've been thinking of some sort of luxury sedan, right? Yeah. That's what you, that, that's what, that's what this was going to be. So as far as we know, that was what would make sense. Yeah. So, you know, take the Lucid Air, like, why, why didn't they just buy that and, you know, change some things, slap on the the apple logo and 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 they already had mike they already had their own design guy working there like i just don't understand how that or maybe it did uh, try to happen and, and we just didn't hear about it but i feel like we would like how did news about that not pop out you know the one that did come close to happening was tesla um right apple 
Well, that, I mean, that makes the most sense, but they were a little too big at that point, right? Uh, this was back in 2014, so they weren't oh, okay. well, then never mind. super big. And that's right. why I do think that, in retrospect, was a bit of a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that the way that this could have worked is, is if it was Tesla. Um, okay, and yeah. operating under a different badge so that you don't expect Apple Care. You don't expect to talk to geniuses. You don't walk in an Apple store and expect to see um, a car. You do it under a separate brand name because effectively that's what they've done with Beats. Um, yeah. Beats is Apple's biggest acquisition. I believe they paid, was it $3 billion they paid for it? Um, it money. was something like that. Um, and that's the biggest a- acquisition Apple's ever done. And they still put out new Beats headphones. They still make new lines of Beats headphones and they integrate some of their own uh, circuitry in there to enable um, easy pairing, but they do a lot of collaborations. They work with different influencers. They have different PR behind it. Um, and it does yep. operate independently, effectively. Yeah. So that is what would fit for a car. Um, but then I guess Apple ultimately... If I what's was, the point if, of that? What's the point of doing that? Yeah, then, if they're not like, going to blast, why, yeah, why not do that for right. everything? Why not just own a company doing everything? Why not just buy a TV company that just sells TVs? So I, I get it, I do get it, but I think that given how far Tesla has come, um, Tesla was the the move that they should have made. Um, See, I, I don't I, think I anyone fine really with Tesla to have, to have exploded quite how it has. Do you don't think they could have survived and done the same thing if they just bought Tesla and rebranded it to Apple and just making it an Apple car? And just yeah, like I mean each... that that also would have worked, I think. But yeah, it's it's I... like they 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 missed their opportunity. It was too yeah. late. Um because now if they just offer uh, a Tesla Model S but it's just an Apple version of that. Yeah. It's just basically the same car. There's no point because the competition is too fierce, but if they had acquired Tesla years ago and then come out with their own uh say when around the time the model 3 came out imagine the model 3 never existed imagine that was instead the the first apple car then things get a little bit more interesting um i mean that's that's reason neat alternate history tesla was doing okay well actually i don't even know if that's true either tesla was a brand that people knew about but it didn't really explode until the model 3 came out let's just be honest the Model 3 is what changed everything for for Tesla because it was affordable. Like, not saying anything crazy here, but, oh, I don't know. People don't all want to spend seventy five dollars to $100,000 on a car because while, yes, the experience, the luxury, the, 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 the finishes, the things that you get inside your car people do want, ultimately, they don't need. They need something that gets you from point A to point B. And if you can provide that while giving you the idea of like, hey, this is kind of more of a luxury experience. It's new. It's fresh. It's electric. I don't have to spend money at gas. I don't have to spend time at the gas station. Like, And I can get that for $50,000 at the time, which is when the Model 3 was probably most configurations were right around that $50,000 to $60,000 range. That's great. I'm getting a... $100,000 experience and a $60,000 form factor, basically, like, why wouldn't I do that? 
And so that's what, in my opinion, Apple eventually was going to need. Otherwise, like, I don't know, what's the difference of buying that between any other $100,000, eighty dollars to $100,000 plus car? Like, how many people out there are really spending that much money on a car? It's, it's, it can't be that much, right? I mean, some I people would, but... Their answer at the time would have been, well, Apple car is the only car that is full self-driving. Um, yeah, well... And that's what, you, that's what you're paying for. But it, it just... It hasn't. It hasn't worked out like that. Um, and I just think we're re- we're realizing that a lot of people don't really want that right now, anyways, do they? Yeah, some and people it's do. It's also just not. It's just not possible. If if right. a company um, as big as Apple, with Apple's resources and Apple's engineering capabilities, can look at this problem and have over two thousand people working on this, over a billion dollars spent um, in research and development over a ten year period, they have filed thousands of automotive patents. They have tested their self-driving technology in california every month for years these cars are out and about we see them they have to file them publicly that that's what they're doing it's 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 an open secret that this is what is going on and they still have decided that they just can't offer that in a way that is worthwhile um i think it's pretty telling um because what's the point in just offering an apple tesla um and Maybe there would have been purpose in that years ago if they had got on this journey a little bit earlier, they'd acquired some more companies, they'd been a little bit more aggressive. But I don't think that they've been focused enough. Um, They've had so many changes of leadership in this project um, and so many changes of vision and sort of recommitted their interest over and over. Things have come and gone in that time. The Apple Watch um, launched. Vision Pro has obviously launched. Um, there's been the transition to Apple Silicon. All of this yeah. stuff has happened while Apple is still just driving around a few dozen Lexuses with some cameras on in, in California saying, oh, we'll get there one day. Um, yeah. I thought one little tidbit that was interesting was, uh, so this internally at Apple has been referred to as Project Titan. That's what the the code name for uh, Apple's car project is, but apparently engineers would refer to it as the Titanic. Um, because they just knew that it was going to sink. So it's for years they they sensed that this was coming. If any of you out there, because um, unfortunately, you know, one of the major things about this is that uh, there's, what, 2,000 people working on the project, and some of them are going to move to AI, generative AI, which we also just got info from Tim Cook the other day, right? And didn't he say, like, this was this is the year for generative AI and Apple. And it's like, okay, well, we, we already knew that, but now it's been confirmed basically. So expect, you know, Apple to follow along with all the other people doing all the AI stuff. What does this mean for CarPlay for you? I mean, it. I'm guessing it can only be good, right? Just more people devoted to that, the attention. I don't think it's going to go away, right? We're not fully getting out of the autom- automotive game, just not making its full car, you know, their own full car. I think that the best thing about this um, is probably what it does mean for CarPlay, but not actually CarPlay itself. I think it's the image of CarPlay because so many uh, automakers have viewed CarPlay, particularly the next generation version of CarPlay, because you get CarPlay in basically any new vehicle. I actually don't know of any car brand that does not offer CarPlay in in vehicles. GM. Right. Okay. That's a good that's a good one. But it did have yeah. it. It's just it's now removing it. So that's a little well, different. 
and that's the weird thing. I don't think they're removing it from cars that already exist. No, but it. but new ones, new versions of existing cars. But it's it's from what I've noticed because for the thousandth time I'm in the market for a new car. I've been watching a bunch and looking at every vehicle. Uh, I found that some cars have it still and some don't, and I'm very confused on what the ram like the qual like the lyric has. You know, that's it's uh, GM's. Well, it's Cadillac's. Uh, uh electric car very good looking car very great like it's it runs off of i think it still has carplay then there are new cars that have similar um uh interiors to the lyric and run off of google's operating system and some of those don't have carplay but some of them do have carplay it's very strange and i don't know what they're like maybe they're like kind of like one foot in one foot out type deal where they're like yeah we're getting rid of carplay because our uh our operating system for our cars is, is a lot better and what we're doing is better which it is very good compared to some others um it's very responsive which is a, like a, the whole thing about i don't understand how they make these touch screens such low resolution and just so unresponsive to human touch it blows my mind um that could just solve so much problems right there but anyways uh they do a really good job but like they're still kind of like, eh, maybe we might have messed up by saying we weren't going to offer CarPlay because we realize a lot of people do want that. So I don't know. That that that's one company that has said, yeah, we're not doing it, but they're still kind of doing it, so it doesn't make any sense to me. But and there's a reason why, an underlying reason at least behind GM's decision with that, and it's the same reasoning that a lot of other automakers have had for not signing up for next gen CarPlay. So. I believe that one is uh, BMW and Mercedes have not signed up to offer next-gen CarPlay in any of their vehicles. I'm just off the top of my head. I hope I'm not making a mistake. I know that some have, so uh, Volkswagen and Porsche have, but I'm pretty sure that um, BMW and Mercedes haven't. And their reasoning, because some of their executives have talked about this, is why would we allow a, com a future competitor to take control over uh, the the infotainment experience, which is yeah. a completely valid concern, because sure. it's sort of allowing a, a a competitor in by stealth. It would be like if 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 BMW said to Mercedes, "Oh, well, let us do your your in car entertainment system. It's free. It's free. We promise we won't we won't lure any of your customers away." Um, yeah. And obviously, automakers know how tribal Apple customers are and how Apple's ecosystem is so compelling. And then they don't want or didn't want to allow Apple to sort of make people think uh, that next-gen CarPlay is like a gateway that you you just Drug. so happen to enjoy your your brand new BMW with uh, next-gen CarPlay. And you enjoy that ecosystem so much that the next time you go and buy a car, you're going to be so much more likely to buy an Apple car and not a BMW. The good thing about this for CarPlay now is that automakers will think, yeah, Apple can't do it. Apple cannot bring their own car to market. They are no danger to us. So we are happy to offer that experience. So I'm sure that next-gen CarPlay will now be adopted much more widely. Good. Um, let's do it, it faster, It just makes too. business sense. Yeah. <laughs> let's, get, let's get it going. Can we get that going now? Like, there's no reason. I mean, it's all software and, and some hardware. But, like, I feel like the hardware in a lot of cars is probably there now. So why can't the software just get itself going? Um, I don't know. Like BMW is even of... adding some some more of those features that we talked about last episode with the uh, the maps being, you know, integrated now into the instrument cluster and all that. So like they're almost there. Just 
Get going on the rest of it. I think it's because all of these um, automakers are now realizing the importance of software and they're realizing just how much they need to devote resources to improving their own infotainment systems because not everyone uses CarPlay. So some people are going to be using the built-in sat-nav system and oh, uh, a bunch of the other voice controls. and Those are all those so things. bad. But some people still use them. And Ugh. as they are the default... I think that when uh, automakers like BMW look at uh, their development teams and they think, right, where are we going to allocate our resources this quarter? They think we are going to allocate it to our own next-gen iDrive system. We are not going to devote it to CarPlay because CarPlay is the added layer on top. It is not the actual core experience. So it's far more important that we get our on-screen climate controls to work in an intuitive way than it is to add uh, more sort of CarPlay integration to the instrument cluster and widgets. We don't care about that as much as we care about the core experience. So that's why I think it's taking a while. I also just think maybe they don't want to be, no one really wants to be the first. Um, they're a little bit cautious. Yeah. Well, I out of curiosity, and I, you know, for those listening, I would love to hear, you know, follow us, Twitter, all that stuff, at Dan Barbera, at Hartley Charlton. I think I have a one in mind uh, for some platforms. Anyways, uh, hit us up or in the comments, YouTube, whatever. What is your level of importance for a car? Like, like rank each thing. So, Hartley, I'm going to ask you, on a scale of one to ten, what is your level of importance when you look for a new car? Uh, the the driving and handling of the car, the way it moves, the performance, the speed, the handling, you know, all that. On a scale of one to 10, what's your, what's your, um, what's your uh, scale for you? I would say that's probably about uh, an eight. I have, okay. I, I have rejected cars that I have test driven because of handling. I'm, I'm okay. fussy about handling. Okay. What do you like? Like a stiffer body when you're turning it? You want a little more like? I, I like I like I like precise steering. That's why I've so I tend to a little more stiff, enjoy. Right? Uh, so I drive a BMW, but I I was thinking of getting a Mercedes before that. But the Mercedes steering, it's just it's soapy, it's spongy and and rubbery and soft. It's not it's not precise and sharp and tight and. Okay. Um, Likewise, Tesla, I cannot stand Tesla steering. It's just, it, it feels loose. It does not feel sharp. Um, so, yeah, I, I am fussy about that, weirdly. Um, okay. So you, you've asked me about one that is quite high on my priority list. Okay. Uh, what about the look of the car? Uh, <laughs> well, as a, as a BMW customer, I have had to learn to let that one go um so well <laughs> no because be... no because listen my dream car my dream like my love of a car the way it looked mostly was bmw so they were really really they were, good but yeah. not now, now now well it depends on what you get i mean some of them are still holding on to hope um, uh i mean some of them are okay but i mean with my car for example i try not to look at the front i just try and look at the back do you have um, a newer? Do you have a newer one? Uh, mine with the, is with a uh, new grill. It's it's um, it's a 2020 model year, so it is one of the the slightly newer designs. It's still okay. quite ugly, in my opinion. Um, okay. 
and uh, the back is fine, but the front, I do, uh, I do wince a little bit when I look at it. So appearance is so, below. Uh, so what would you say? What would you say? You put it at like a five or a six? Let's go with a six. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then now I'm guessing. Oh, let me let me let me get the the next one. Uh, the interior. Hmm. but like with a heavy emphasis on no we'll just say the interior so this would be the comfort of the seats the storage um i don't know the materials used i guess yeah so uh, for me that would be about a seven okay because uh, i i care about how big the screen is and if there's too much like glossy well, black plastic drives me crazy so okay it's that kind of thing that matters so I was going to kind of put infotainment in its own category, but like the plastics is important. Like, you know, when Tesla had the, the piano black gloss, uh, like set up there in the center console or whatever, that was horrible. Like, don't do that. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> <laughs> and they realized that and they changed it to like a rubbery material that like was more and then just plastic, normal plastic on top that wasn't like black. It was matted. I'm like, uh, yeah, so that they learned from their mistakes a little bit there. Um, but like, all right. So then, infotainment slash tech features in the car. What would you rate that as? Uh, that's probably nine. That is my probably okay. my, my okay. Top. So that's your highest. Yeah. So I would so, choose a. I would I would spend more on a car just because it has CarPlay, and I would actively stretch to buy a car that offered next gen CarPlay. Um, if that was my mm. situation, that would always swing it for me. Okay. Yeah, I think we're almost the same. So. I'm guessing with your car, your it drove really well, and you had CarPlay, and the interior was nice enough for you, right? Yeah. Since you don't like the look of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a 2018 BMW X1 M Sport Edition, and that was good. I liked it. That was like my first BMW, and I, you know, I really want, you know, wanted one, um, and I feel like the front. The front end was the thing. The grill is iconic, and that's what I've always wanted. And it must have been still in that, you know, it's not new. It doesn't have that weird look anymore that, like, the new ones have. So, you know, but for me, it didn't have CarPlay, and that really sucked after I got over the fact that I'm like, cool. You know, my point is, like, a lot of the luxury brands, it's status symbol, unfortunately. And I think for me, partially, that was not like, oh, I thought I was better than everyone. But like, I always wanted a BMW. I held it to a pedestal and I got one and I got over. And then once I got over that, like that allure of like, oh, man, I, I really wanted uh, a BMW and I finally got one. And, you know, it was an X1, so it wasn't anything to write home about. It's like the lowest level SUV you could get. I still loved it. But after I got over it a few years into it and I didn't have some of the things that I needed, I started to realize, like, I need to be more mature about this process. Even though I jumped into a Tesla, I love my Tesla in terms of, like, it has what I need and what I want. And for me, that level of, like, what we just rated, I like the look. I think looks are important. I put that at between a 7 and 8. Uh, handling for me... To me, I personally think all new cars kind of drive the same. And, like, yeah, some things are, like, you know... The handling is going to be a little tighter in some, a little softer in others. I don't mind the Tesla one. It's when I start to notice, like, the difference to me and when I'm like, oh, I really don't like X, Y, and Z when I drive it is when I move to another car and start driving it. Otherwise, you know, you kind of only know what you got. Um, but when I go between my wife's car and my car, obviously, they're two different drive systems. One's electric, one's not. I love the electric feel. 
I need that, I think, forever moving forward. But I value the interior and the tech slash infotainment system far more than anything else. That to me, I think what what dry, draws me to Tesla is that while I think there are some flaws with software and I would like to see CarPlay, it is almost perfect in terms of um, what you get feature-wise and some of the cool things that you can do. And that the fact that there are software updates that continuously make that car better and not so stale after years of owning it, that's so high on my list that I'm nervous about whatever I get next if it's not a Tesla. And even a Tesla is starting to become a little more like, I, I want to try something different. But I would still be fine with it if you're like, hey, you can't, you can't. You're going to have to get a Model Y, which is probably realistically what's going to hap- have to happen for my next car. Um, you know, so uh, I don't know. I think I have to put that at a 10 for me. It's very important. So, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think I value some things differently from other people. So I would obviously want to hear from all of you what you kind of value more. Obviously, car people are nuts. Whenever you're so fanatic over something, you know, you have strong opinions. And so please don't come at us with all like I'm we're not car people I'm not a car person in the sense of what a normal car person is I am interested in cars I care about cars more than like my wife does she just wants something that's going to transport all of our kids from point a to point b and yeah I mean while she would like nicer things who doesn't she doesn't really care about any of that she just her qualifications for a car when we bought one a few years ago was I want a minivan I don't really care what minivan you get at this point just get me a minivan and then when she likes something she doesn't want to move away from it because she's used to it so I'm sure there are a lot of other people that are like that Um, I don't put myself in that category I do care about what car I have and what new features come along the way and all that new tech stuff and updated nicer interior and blah 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 but like I think that there are people that are way above me in the way, you know, cars are for them. And there are people that there are below me in that. So I like to think I'm kind of in that middle ground. Um, so uh, tying it all back to the Apple car, I don't know what Apple could have done to to get people from, you know, the ones that I described that are like my wife and more of the general population probably with what cars they get and what they want it to do. And then those that are like real car people. Are real car people going to be buying an Apple car? Probably not. I don't know. It's just kind of that, you know, middle ground and above that I feel like they were targeting. And so I just don't know if that's a good recipe for success. Um, I am sad to see it go in the sense that it would have been cool to see it happen. But like, is it actually something that people want or need? No, which is probably what they realized. And it it also just probably was becoming a big distraction. And it probably would have been a distraction um, in a way that probably far more intrusively than these other things. Like if currently for me, Vision Pro is a bit of a distraction because I can't buy in. So it feels like a lot of the new cycle is taken up with Vision Pro. And sometimes I feel that way also with stuff like Apple TV or when we get services at an Apple event and we think, get this stuff out of the way. I want to I see the shiny new stuff. I don't want this distraction. Yeah. And I feel like Apple Car could have been one of those things, but also just internally, Apple's resources do I want them investing in um, new software that I can download on my iPhone right now um, and improving Apple Music, which I use for hours a day? What about improving the MacBook Pro, which I rely on for my work and use all day? Um, that's where yeah. I want Apple to to invest its resources. I don't really need it to, to build a car. Um, I mean, right. Vision Pro, perfect example. Well, Let's they're not go going to, so you don't have Pro. to worry we're about clearly, it. <laughs> we're clearly going that way. Um, let's put 
the the energy there. I don't think that another company could really offer that headset experience like Apple can. The car, other companies can do that. That's the same philosophy that Apple always had about a TV. Apple never launched a TV because it never believed that it could offer something different. So it just never has. Um, and that is why effectively it is offering its first TV now, which is really Vision Pro because it's enabling you to have a TV of any size in your living area. And fast forward a couple of years when we have SharePlay and you can, uh, you and your partner can both sit with your Vision headsets, your lower cost Vision headsets, and you both see the same screen in that virtual place. That is Apple's answer to TV. It didn't need to actually build a TV. Um, the car, it's not going to be able to offer a car like that, but it, it's only worth entering these spaces if it can do something different. Um, so I, I'm kind of happy in a way to see Apple refocus a little bit. And it was heartening to hear that of these 2,000 employees that are working or were working on Apple Car until earlier this week, that those are being moved to generative AI because I think we can all see how things are moving in that direction as well. And the amount of AI that would have been needed for a full self-driving system um, was huge. So yeah. to now move those people to Siri on the MacBook Pro uh, or just Mac OS rather. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you can make Siri on the Mac amazing because you've just yeah. been working on AI for the Apple car, then oh, I knew it. I knew it's it was going to do that. It's okay. For those of you who are watching, uh, Hartley's camera just went out. Didn't Hasn't he looked great, by the way, for everybody? Uh, we're at the end of the episode, so it's fine. But uh, uh, for those who have been watching, he has looked crisp he's got a new camera but we got to work out some kinks um but yeah i totally agree with what you're saying um and i'm glad that this is you know while it is a negative that the car is gone there are positives to um to be like kind of sprouting from this so that's good to know and um yeah would love to hear from everybody in the comments this is like kind of a uh divisive topic for those who you know are specific car people and, and whatnot but um yeah let us know and we'll catch everybody in the next episode.